today. Uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio over the weekend encourages New Yorkers to take photos of anyone not social distancing and report them promptly to the police. Also, protests against stay-at-home orders erupt across the country, and Joe Biden still unable to make any sense, this time even with note cards. We've got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Hey, happy Monday. I'm sure you probably don't know what day it is because we're all living in Groundhog Day over and over and over again. I am Sarah Gonzalez today joined by Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. I've gained 12 pounds. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, putting all out there. National I've probably television. done more. I've probably, I've probably done more than that. So uh, good for you. It's disgusting. You. I think that's what the 19 is oh, no. in, in COVID-19 oh, is how much weight you're going to is. gain while you're at pounds. home. I'm calling yeah, it my quarantine 15. Yeah. Ish. 15 ish. Uh, yes. And yeah, ish. I mean, it might be more than like 25, but. <laughs> It's ish. Ish, you know. You don't have to be exact when you yeah. say ish. Uh, obviously, also joined by Glenn Beck, uh, remotely, the one and only who needs no introduction. Uh, let's get into... Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Let's get into news of the day. Um, so Bill de Blasio, over the weekend, he is making it easier than ever for citizens to snitch on each other. He came out with a video encouraging uh, New Yorkers to take photos of people who they see not properly socially distancing and report them to the police as conveniently as ever. Here is a little bit mm. of Bill de Blasio's message, watch. Now it is easier than ever when you see a crowd, when you see a line that's not distanced, when you see a supermarket that's too crowded, anything, you can report it right away so we can get help there to fix the problem. And now it's as simple as taking a photo. All you gotta do is take the photo and put the location with it and bang, send a photo like this and we will make sure that enforcement comes right away. Glenn, what could possibly go wrong here? And your problem is what, exactly? <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, the Stasi comes to mind. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't rat on our neighbors here. Uh, look at what they are doing to us so quickly. Yeah. All of these socialists are taking away our rights and then partnering with us to be able to rat on those who, you know, aren't doing their job. This is not America, and it's not American. Yeah, Chad. Well, and go one step further. Unpack what de Blasio said. He didn't say call 911 or call this number and report it with a location. He said take a picture, take a photograph, and then send it in. Because even if by the time the authorities get there, that crowd is dispersed, they still have photographic evidence of who potentially was involved. And we're talking about things like facial recognition that a lot of places are using these days. I mean, what are they going to do with it? They're going to arrest you and put you in another crowd, right? They're going to put you in a general population uh, of a pen. There's other places in, and when I say pen, I mean prison, a jail cell. Uh, and there, there's places in New Jersey now that are using drones to send around with microphone or with, you know, audio saying you need to go into your homes, you need to get out of public. And they're saying we're not using video or photograph capability, although they could. They just say they're not. And so it is. You're right, Glenn. It's, it's not America. This is the age of surveillance, and it's sickening. Yeah, Glenn, we, I, go ahead. We, go ahead. No, well, we, we, were, we were talking about this on the air today, that 
Um, it is good to see all of these protests that happen all over mm-hmm. the country. Yeah. I mean, like 20 different states uh, this weekend, people got out and protested. Um, but the media, once again, doesn't choose to get it. <laughs> and it's not about us, you know, killing people or making other people sick or, you know, all we worship is money. It is about we're adults. Mm-hmm. And this is my country and it's your country. And it's even that person I disagree with. It's their country. It is not the president's country, the Congress's country or my governor's country. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to listen to them. Tell me what to do because I have certain rights and, and no man can change or take away those rights. And so I'll do it. But just suggest it to me. Just tell us, you know, how are you making these decisions how are they going to help? And then we will do them because we are good people and we're smart enough to figure it out. What what these uh, protests are really, truly about is not about just starting America's engine again. It's about uh, don't you dare tell me I have to stay in and I couldn't get into my car and take a drive. I'm not going to infect anybody. What do you mean I can't drive? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's exactly right. I was encouraged to see it in places like Washington State and these various places around the country, which tend to be liberal bastions. I'm I'm happy to see this thing happen because it is it's Americans that are having their freedoms that are that are hindered in such a powerful way Uh, there. I think, Glenn, and and correct me here, but don't you think that psychologically we would be much more apt to do these things if we felt like we were being told the truth? Mm hmm. And I think that there's so much in the darkness that we just like, we're like, are we being fed a bill of goods here and just forced into something that we don't understand? Here's the problem. There is no trust. It's an implosion of trust. And so you don't believe the truth, even if you get the truth. And what is the truth now? Is it the truth? Facebook and the WHO? CNN and what the Chinese Communist Party is saying or what we're saying or what Donald Trump is saying? So we don't we 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 no longer agree on the truth, um, which is really, truly frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you when you um, have a media that is as um, reprehensible as this one is and they won't they won't tell you the truth, they are just playing politics. What do you expect Nobody yeah. trusts anybody. Um, half the country trusts the president. The other half doesn't trust the president. Half the country trusts the media, and the other half doesn't trust the media. Half the country doesn't trust us, and the other half does trust us. So what are you going to get out of that? You're going to have a fractured nation. Mm-hmm. These things are supposed to pull us back together, and they're not pulling us back together because I I don't believe we're getting the truth because they're not telling us simple things like here's how we are making this decision here's what it needs to look like exactly what it needs to look like these are our tripwires this is how we're going to try to put this economy back together this is why we spent all of this money they're not telling us any of that Um, and because of that trust goes even lower yeah um i know the the 
IHME model has shifted several times, and I wonder if you know that plays into Americans' trust, overall trust level with the government and their handling of it, is that it keeps shifting downwards and downwards and downwards, and there were people who said, okay, well, hold on. You guys projected 200,000 people were going to die, and I was okay sitting on my couch for a certain amount of time to protect those people, but now all of a sudden you keep changing it downward and downward and downward, and you're still telling me I have to stay at home and I can't get a paycheck well, to feed my family. This one is really hard because, of course, it's being projected downward because we're all staying inside. Mm -hmm. We're doing what we were asked to. So, of course, it keeps coming down. And that's a good thing. The problem is, is no one is convinced that those numbers were accurate in the first place when they Mm -hmm. said two million are going to die. I don't know if two million were going to die, but they put that huge number out there and everybody got scared by it. And we all kind of knew that that's probably too high. If they would have come out and said, look, quarter of a million people are going to die. And it turns out 40,000 people died. That's that's much more understandable to the average person than two million Americans are going to be dead by uh, Easter and 46,000 dead. It's it's a really tough thing, because if we wouldn't have done it, who knows what the death count could have been? We don't know. Chad, I also, I'm trying to reconcile too, because I feel like a lot of people are also concerned about the mixed messaging, depending on who you talk to, whether it's the media or, you know, the White House briefings. I think that there isn't a very clear picture of why we're doing the lockdown, because you've got some people saying we're doing the lockdown to slow the hospitals, uh, you know, so that the hospitals are not overwhelmed within their systems, not so that you won't get the virus. And then you've got other people who are so deathly afraid of the virus they don't ever want to leave their homes again until there's a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to reconcile in my head where the mixed messaging is coming from. It's funny. Uh, coincidentally, I started reading the Brad Thor novel, and I'm horrible with all the, when you get into a series of books, I can't remember which name, but it's the one where he deals with the Scott Harveth novel talking about the African hemorrhagic fever where people are bleeding out and they're dying, mm-hmm. and, and they just can't, there's no recovery from it. I mean, if you get it, it's a death sentence. And I started reading this simultaneously when all of this stuff started. I thought, well, this is interesting. <laughs> what a coincidence that was. If I really and truly thought that the standard out there was people who get this, it is a death sentence, then I would think and hope that these journalists who are at these press briefings would hold up their hand and they would say, Mr. President, how can we help? Mm -hmm. Not, aha, we got you. This is what you said back when. Why didn't you respond? But, Mr. President, how can we say? But they don't want to. They don't want to. So it tells me a couple of things. The main one being they don't think it's as serious as what was previously projected. They're happy to report it that way. They love the fantasticalness Mm -hmm. of it. They love the sensational and the shock value of it because it sells. Let's face it, they're making a lot of money right now. And on the other side, it's the sheer hypocrisy. Which is it? You're going to shut down the mom and pop stores, but the big box stores stay open. That doesn't line up. You're going to shut down the skating parks and put sand in them, but yet you're going to let people line up all the way around the Costco's and the Sam's and the Walmart's to get in there. None of that makes sense to me. They just don't logically fit Mm. because you're right. I don't see how these things coexist. Yeah. Glenn, what are your thoughts? 80%, 80% of all jobs are created by small business in America. 47% of the workforce is small business. And I mean mom and pop stores. Uh, and only 15% of the, the bailout went to those people. That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but this was all put together before coronavirus hit. And mm-hmm. I want to be really, really careful here. 
Um, there was something called Event 201. I think it was in November of last year. Um, and it was funded by Bill Gates. And the CDC was there. Some of the biggest banks in the world were there. Everybody was there. And they did a war game on a global pandemic. And in this war game, it took three days. They produced policy papers on what to do. Uh, we're going to show all of those videos to you. Uh, the whole thing is on videotape. Um, we have taken uh, some of it just to narrow it down to an hour and show you what they did. This whole thing was designed uh, to do what it's doing right now. The, the coronavirus coming whether it's deadly or not as deadly as we thought, really doesn't matter. Um, when you see that what they do care about is a global system that can't be uh, reversed and um, uh, a global system that will take care of not only the pandemic, but the earth and everything else. Chad, your thoughts? It's we fail the test. I can tell you that if this were serious, like if this were a real zombie apocalypse, like the, if the stuff was really hitting the fan in a big way, because we're talking about less than one percent mortality rate on this. The numbers and the models are way less. Even the president came out over the weekend and said, OK, so distancing and sheltering in place, that seems to be working because we're at six. If we're going to hit 60,000, that's still 40,000 under the lowest projection projection of death that was there. So. We're, we're, if it really hit, Sarah, if it, I mean, like, really hit, we failed. Mm. We've already failed that test. Our enemies have seen it. Um, we've all, <laughs> gosh, I want to be real careful here, uh, Glenn, because you have, you have ship captains that are using unsecured channels in order to report things like this. They've shown that in a, in a moment of fear, they're willing to forego a lot of things and procedural oh, yeah. policies that are there. You'll forego everything. Fear has an amazing ability to do it. There's, you and I were talking about this out in the hall earlier before this, and I want to get into it later on if we get a chance about the history of fear and how it changes policy. Yeah. It's a powerful thing in American no, it, history. Glenn. It, it, there's only two things that change things. A uh, movement of love, like mm -hmm. Martin Luther King, uh, or a movement of fear, uh, mm -hmm. like World War II, or this. And uh, love is harder to... Usually the love people get killed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. Gandhi and, and Martin Luther King, they usually end up dead. Um, because fear <laughs> is so, so powerful. Um, and if you're you're looking at a time of global fear that hasn't even begun mm -hmm. if you think people were afraid wait until we get to maybe uh, september october next year mm -hmm. yeah let's get into i want to get into the the history of fear and just how we've seen how willingly americans are just going to hand over uh their freedoms and liberties just because they are scared uh first we want to thank our sponsor express vpn so being stuck at home these days, like, and when I say these days, I mean 24-7, just forever. Did I mention it feels like Groundhog Day over and over and over again? Uh, you probably don't think very much about Internet privacy on your own home network. However, uh, you know, you think you can fire up incognito mode on your browser and no one can see what you're doing. Well, that's actually incorrect. Even in, in incognito mode, uh, your online activity can still be traced and you can do whatever you like, clear your browsing history. Uh, your Internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. Yeah, some of you are like, oh, crap. Well, 
That's why uh, even when I am at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure that your ISP cannot see what sites you visit, and they reroute you through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means that you are anonymous. Nothing you do can be traced back to you. Now, don't be going and doing anything crazy, all right? But you know you don't want big tech getting your information. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption. Your info is always protected. You can use the internet with confidence from whatever device you have. Uh, ExpressVPN has you covered on all of them. You tap a button and you are protected. Get ExpressVPN. You can go to expressvpn.com slash why. You can get three months free on a one-year package. That is expressvpn.com slash why. Chad, I know you said that you wanted a chance to get into the history of fear, uh, seeing how fear is changing so many Americans' minds and hearts. And who better to talk about the history of fear than the two history buffs right here? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bring it on, baby. (laughs) I know a guy. Let's see if I can give you a a springboard to jump off of, Glenn. Uh, Go back to 1798, Alien Sedition Act. Right, you couldn't speak against certain government officials. Thomas Jefferson, he was elected. Uh, he he repealed that. Right, uh, that wasn't constitutional. Then the Civil War comes along. President Abraham Lincoln he suspends the writ of habeas corpus. He didn't have the authority to do that, but he did so because he it became a crime in order for anybody to speak out against the war, the Civil War. Uh, during World War One, of course, there was uh, it became a crime to speak out against the draft. World War Two, Japanese Americans were uprooted and put into these internment camps, these concentration camps. Of course, we know about the McCarthy era, where people were losing their jobs, losing everything, losing their livelihood, all under suspicion. Uh, then uh, the bombing of the Federal Building, 1995, of course, led to the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996, which increased law enforcement powers to gather information over individuals without warrants and imposed unprecedented restrictions on the ability of federal courts to grant habeas corpus, uh, even to those who were innocent. And, of course, September 11th with the Patriot Act, people could start gathering more and more information uh, there. So what we see is every time people have an opportunity either to see their civil liberties or their rights or their liberty uh, to be pulled in, it's almost like we were talking about this. You wind up passing a bunch of legislation in light of the fear that people have because of a major catastrophic event. And this is no different what we're seeing right now. People think this only happens in the history books, but humanity and men's hearts haven't changed. We've seen how senators and congresspeople have shown they're they're wielding some ungodly power and really bad. But now we're seeing governors of states and mayors of cities doing it, and it's disgusting to watch. It's the same thing happening all over again, and I think we're seeing it happen right now today. You know, it's funny. I watched um, "It's a Wonderful Life" with my daughters the other day, and uh, not "It's a Wonderful Life," but uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Mm-hmm. And when you watch that, uh, I had forgotten what that bill was all about. That bill was about they had they had put pork in the middle mm-hmm. of a bailout bill, and so it, I mean, it rings absolutely true they're like we have got to pass this for the american people there are jobs at stake there are people that are going hungry and this senator wants to hold all of it up because of this little damn project Mm -hmm. and i thought boy nothing has changed nothing has changed at all 
Wow. Glenn, uh, do you have any other sort of fear to inject into us today? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Yes, of course, I always have something. Uh, I want to just talk to you about the, uh, the uh, oil prices today. Oil prices actually closed in the negative to get today mm. this is the first time ever this has happened another first yay mm. uh and uh that means that people oil companies basically would pay you to take a barrel of oil mm. because they have they have no place to store the oil anymore um for a while a barrel of oil was trading at 10 cents a barrel, not $10, 10 cents a barrel. And I thought that was pretty crazy. It closed in the negative. Um, the reason why this is concerning is uh, with several fold. One, if the oil industry here in America collapses, and I'm talking about kind of the Texas oil and the Philadelphia, or I mean the uh, Pennsylvania oil uh, and, uh, and uh, South Dakota and North Dakota, that is going to put about 5 million people out of jobs. Again, just that one industry, 5 million people. Um, but that's not all. We cannot afford to lose our strategic advantage. We are energy independent for the first time. We cannot pull it out of the ground for less than 20 or $30 a barrel. Uh, and what's, what is also even more disturbing, I think, is that Saudi Arabia has their economy tuned to about $70 a barrel. Um, Russia has it about $80 a barrel. What that means is they spend so much money and their government makes most of the lion's share of their money from oil that they're fine as long as oil is, you know, between $50 and $100, they're okay. It can dip down below for a little while, but it can't rest down below $50 for very long for either of those countries or they they have collapsed they can't afford it now we've seen with the saudis that's why just what 3 weeks ago he rounded up some more family members and said ah i'm going to take all of your gold and all of your wealth because they can't afford it anymore they're having to confiscate all of the wealth from the royals because they've got to feed the people and give the people their money or they will be out on their ear. Russia collapsed uh, in the 1980s because oil went below, I think, $30 a barrel uh, extended. Ronald Reagan uh, and uh, George Bush really worked hard to get oil prices down. And that's what the final nail in the coffin was, was the oil price. It collapsed and they went out of business. Vladimir Putin was there the last time they went out of business. Uh, he's not going to go out of business again. Mm. Oil cannot stay this low for countries to survive. Uh, when this, uh, if this is sustained at $10, $20 a barrel and not going anywhere, those are the things that wars are fought over. Because mm. uh, there's one way to jack the price of oil up, and that is war. Mm. Get those aircraft carriers and those airplanes up and out and uh we'll get that oil price back up john well we're puppets in a big game aren't we uh and here we were just worried just a few weeks ago about the world ending in 12 years because of global climate change 
uh, and now people's fear have gotten to a point of exacerbation where you can't even talk numbers realistically about the death rate of COVID virus or the contraction rate. Now we're going to war. Mm. Glenn's an encourager. He should write Christmas cards. That's what well, I'm, I'm hoping not. Maybe that'll get the I'm petroleum hoping not. Up. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I am just telling you that, that you know, this, that, that oil collapse is a very big deal. Very, very big deal. And it, it fell this morning when I went on the air. It had already fallen 45% to $12 a barrel. Mm-hmm. All of that was gone by the end of the day. And, yeah. and again, something no one has ever seen before. How does I mean, seriously, how does it fall that quickly in that short amount of time? I don't even understand how that's possible. Okay, so I told you last week that gasoline was uh, at 12 cents a gallon. The historic low is 14 cents a gallon Mm -hmm. in uh, in inflation adjusted. So we had already seen the lowest wholesale gas price of all time. Uh, That was last week. I also told you at the beginning of the coronavirus thing, when they started fighting back and forth, um, uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, and Russia, that <laughs> you could see a negative oil price. Um, and the problem is that there is no more place to put oil. Mm. So they have this oil they're producing and there's no place to store it. All of the pipelines are full. Mm. The, the pipelines from the, uh, uh, from the refineries are full of gasoline. Mm. The oil pipelines, they're using them as storage tanks. They're full of oil. So there's no place to put it. Well, you just keep those things online and they're pumping more and more and more. Eventually, you are looking at people and saying, what will it take for you to take this and store it? Mm. We're out of storage space. We're out of storage space. Yeah. Boy, I bet Brian Stelter's crying in that queen-size bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that was really bizarre. What a uh, weirdo. For those who missed it, Brian Stelter <laughs> wanted to make sure that he shared on Twitter and on his reliable, reliable sources program that he had a good cry the other night about and you know coronavirus. What? And none of them, none of them looked cross-eyed at him. Nobody looked nope. cross-eyed at him. Yet when I cried <laughs> and I said, I fear for my country, yep. I fear for the loss of our, of our rights, oh, they mm-hmm. just had a field day with that. I'm not going to do the same to Brian Stelter. I just <laughs> I think will. the things you're crying about are really kind of stupid in <laughs> yeah, comparison I mean, to the loss of rights. Good Lord, George Costanza. It's not like your dog died. Give me a break, man. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm going to save it for off air. Uh, when we come back, we are going to get it to Nancy Pelosi who uh, assured Chris Wallace that she was not encouraging people to actually go out during (laughs) coronavirus. We'll get into that. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. All right, Patriot Mobile has a huge announcement. They are actually reducing their prices even further, and they were already super-duper affordable. Now they are reducing them even further to help you guys out, those of you who are suffering economically right now, during this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Right now, they've got family plans for $25 through $55, whichever meets your family's needs. Patriot Mobile does not charge hidden fees. Uh, And this is the, the greatest thing about Patriot Mobile that we love here at Blaze TV is that 
they are not giving a portion of your bill that you're paying your hard-earned money to to big, uh, you know, left-leaning causes like Planned Parenthood and uh, places who want to take your guns away. They are actually, they are a conservative company and they are actually sending a portion of your bill to causes that you believe in, that you are fighting for. Uh, So you can feel good whenever you send in your bill for the month. You're getting the best prices and they are supporting the values that you believe in. Switching is easy. You can keep your phone number. It's 2020 now, you guys. It's really easy to keep your phone number, really easy to keep all your contacts, contacts, uh, porting everything over. Very simple. Uh, Plus, you will get free activation and a free gift. All you got to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash news. Get that customized family plan today. You can pick your plan, 25, 35, 45, or $55, depending on your needs. That is patriotmobile.com slash news. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi uh, has been very quick recently to criticize Donald Trump for doing the wrong thing, not acting quickly enough. Basically, whatever armchair quarterback uh, comment that she can make about the way that President Trump has handled coronavirus, she has been willing to make. Uh, She was on with Chris Wallace over the weekend, and Chris Wallace pointed out to her uh, that Donald Trump was not the only one who was trying to just calm Americans' fears, that Nancy Pelosi, she herself, did it as well, encouraged people to go out to Chinatown. This was, I think, roughly a month after coronavirus had entered uh, the country, so not before it had come. Uh, and here is a little bit of that exchange between Chris Wallace and Nancy Pelosi. You, as you are right now, have been very critical of President Trump, especially for what you say is the time that he lost initially in January and February in responding to the virus. But I want to point out that on February 24th, you went on a walking tour of Chinatown to try to promote tourism there. And here's some of what you had to say. That's what we're trying to do today is to say everything is fine here come because precautions have been taken. We think it's very safe to be in Chinatown and hope that others will come. If the president underplayed the threat in the early days, Speaker Pelosi, didn't you as well? No, what we're trying to do is to end the discrimination, the stigma that was going out against the Asian uh, American community. And in fact, if you will look, the record will show uh, that our Chinatown has been a model uh, of containing and and preventing uh, the virus. So I'm confident in our folks there and thought it was necessary to offset some of the things that the president and others were saying about Asian Americans and making them a target, uh, a, a target of violence across the country and set in but, fact but, some hate but crimes forgive me don't you think don't you think that you when you're out walking without any masks i understand this is february not april when this happened yeah. and saying that there's no threat it's perfectly safe there weren't you also adding to this perception yeah. that there wasn't such a threat generally no, I was saying that you should not discriminate against discriminate against <laughs> chinese americans Glenn, uh, uh-huh. there, you, ha- you heard it from from her straight from the horse's mouth. She wasn't she was just trying right to offset from- what what President Trump was saying about Asian Americans. <laughs> Look, why are you questioning somebody that has thirty seven hundred dollars of ice cream in her twenty five thousand dollar <laughs> freezer? I mean, she obviously is better than all of us. 
Uh, I, I just think this is just it's so ridiculous um, that she actually thinks we're anyone, anyone, her own children buy that. They all know. They all know Donald Trump was not targeting Asian Americans. He was saying Jada, the Jada virus. Yeah. He was saying that because the CCP, the, the Communist Party of China, was was saying that, no, we had nothing to do with it. It, uh, it was great. When it left here, it was healthy. Uh, you shouldn't call it. That's why he was saying China so much. It wasn't about the average person. It was about actually the Chinese in China in the Communist Party, the leadership. That's what he was talking about. And she was, why, why do we care that it's, it's clean and safe? Why do we care? If, if you're saying, you know, oh, you're just, you're targeting Chinese Americans. Really? Why are you saying it's safe? Mm. Is it because of coronavirus or the Jedi virus? Yeah. Or is it because uh, somebody you're afraid you're an Asian American and you're going to be targeted, but it's safe down there? What are you even talking about? <laughs> I, that's you took the words right out. I mean, it, I I can't add anything. You safe? I mean, that's what she said. It's safe down here. Safe from what? What are you saying? It's safe from white people? Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, I need another Dove bar. I need another Dove bar. I'm having a sugar withdrawals. My sugar was low. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, is this uh, stupid? It is. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's just like talking about communist Chinese government. They have spouted so much crap. And force their people to believe it for so long that that they think that the rest of the world is going to believe it. She's the same way. She thinks that if she says this enough times, people are just dumb enough. Almost like look into my hypnotic eyes and watch watch the way my mouth makes circles with my tongue and my fake teeth. You know, you'll get hypnotized and mesmerized, and you'll start believing the crap that's coming out of my face hole. So you're saying her tongue is like a watch, like a hypnotist <laughs> yes. watch. Yes, it's like, like you're it's like the you're beginning of the twilight zone. You can't look away okay. from it, can you? No, <laughs> you're drawn in. I do, I do find it. It's like a bad accident. I do find it so ballsy coming from the woman who, what we played on Friday, she congratulated Senate Democrats installing uh, funding for the uh, the Paycheck Protection Program for small businesses. Uh, I mean, how anti-American is that, Glenn? She's like, oh, good, good job not giving small businesses the funding that they're going to need while they're telling them that they can't... Uh, they can't work right now. And she's over there congratulating Stu said, them. Stu said to me, he said, you know, last week I did a Stu show that was uh, was not coronavirus. We didn't talk about coronavirus at all. And he said it was a good break. And I said, what did you talk about? And he said, oh, we talked about Nancy Pelosi and, and Donald Trump and the politics. And I was like, oh, good God, I'd rather hear coronavirus <laughs> stuff. I am so tired of these people just lying to us mm -hmm. uh treating us like imbeciles and and stealing us blind they are this is the biggest robbery in the history of mm -hmm. the world we're gonna we got a lot of number ones happening in the next <laughs> you know the last couple of weeks and the next few months it is and chad to add to that there are uh, several states now that are coming out and asking uh, the federal government for bailout money to pay for their state pensions and so on and so forth. What because, a surprise. Yeah. Those I, I, pensions went bad? Who, no. Who really? Who I thought they had the, all those Democratic states. I'm sure they had that fix. <laughs> <All> this. <laughs> I hear the Kennedy Center, center is 
hiring. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't spit words out today. Yeah. I hear the Kennedy Center is hiring. Uh, Nancy. Look at my tongue. Look <laughs> I've been looking at Nancy at for too long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I refrain from making fun, fun of Joe Biden today. It's, it's no, horrible. he's coming up I, I next. I know, but I can't talk. So, hey, listen, she needs to get her, her plastic surgeon on the private jet that can take all of her tanks of Botox, get back to Washington, D.C., and do her job. It's ridiculous. But I mean, obviously, you see, she's a, she's so out of touch. So <laughs> what? Out of touch. that face. You're saying that face Has is out of touch. No with clue. I, I guarantee you, Glenn, and I can't say this for sure, but I, I would be willing to put money on it that when that little soundbite her down on the street in Chinatown was over with her, people covered her up and rushed her out so fast that she did not want to be caught oh, yeah. dead down there once the cameras were clicked off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that. that yeah, yeah, case. yeah. As soon as as soon as the cameras were out of sight, she was back home. Gone. Eating ice cream. <laughs> Very expensive ice cream, by the way. Uh, when we come back, Very. Joe Biden over the weekend, he cannot seem to formulate sentences, even with note cards this time. We'll get into that. Uh, but we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. So dry dog food, the dry dog food that you are buying your dog. I'm sure that you are a wonderful pet owner and you want to provide your dog with the best. So you're buying this really expensive dry dog food. Uh, well, in order to give it that two to three year shelf life, the dry dog food manufacturers actually sterilize the food whenever they make it. So they're killing all of the good stuff that is in the pet's food that they need, like probiotics, uh, enzymes, vitamins, and healthy healthy microbacteria. Um, They're not getting that from their food anymore because it's being cooked out, it's dead food. So we have a dog at home, and I know Glenn, um, his dog has benefited greatly from Rough Greens as well. Uh, Rough Greens by he asked for it by, Smart. Does he? <laughs> he, he, he asked for it by name. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, ah, Rough Greens. It, it truly is. And it's not a dog food. It's not going to take over your dog's food. It's just a supplement that you sprinkle on top of the dog's food. They love it. And it puts all of those probiotics, enzymes, microbacteria, it puts it all back in there. Take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge today. For $14.95, you will see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. I've seen it in my dog. Glenn has seen it in his dog. You will see it as well. If you want to see your dog thrive again, go to Rough Greens dot com slash blaze that is r-u-f-f greens dot com slash blaze nancy pelosi of course not the only one to uh, criticize president trump's handling of the coronavirus pandemic joe biden was making the rounds over the weekend on all of the cable news outlets he brought his notes along with him, as you will be able to see. You can hear the crinkling of the notes at one point in uh, this particular clip. He brought his notes. I think he thought he was going to nail it. I don't think it ended up that way, but I will let you decide for yourself. Watch. Avoid that those very high numbers, we have to do at least several things. One, we have to uh, depend on what the president's going to do right now. And first of all, he has to uh, tell... Uh, Uh, Wait till the cases before anything happens. Look, the whole idea is he's got to get in place things that were shortages of. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Can I just can I just tell you, I want to write down, write it down. Somebody write it down. Mark my word. When the debates start, the press is going to crucify Donald Trump as a bully. Yes. When the debates start, they're going to say he's being abusive to this man. He's being mean spirited to this man. He won't let him talk. He won't let him get a word in edgewise. He Joe, he doesn't even let Joe make any sense when Joe tries to talk. 
Watch. Donald Trump well, will be I'm a bully when it, it I, happens. I'm going to give another prediction. Only one of us can be right. He never, he doesn't make it to the, the, the debate. <laughs> that was going to be my question. They, they yeah. get to the... Yeah, they get to the convention and they're like, okay, guys, he was a placeholder. None of us were serious. Somebody yeah. else was supposed to beat him. <laughs> and they will find a way oh, to yeah. make sure that he's off. Either that or they're just going to pick, you know, Michelle Obama as a vice president mm-hmm. and she'll be in day number one. Yeah. Well, maybe two. <laughs> well, <laughs> he'll have the parade. He'll do the spend speech the money the on the uh, parade. Everything will be yeah. social distanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. really, it blows my mind i see people online who are like at the same time that they say that's very mean you can't say anything negative about him they say well he's old okay he he's just getting older he sometimes he doesn't make sense and i'm like but well, how can you want that person to be president yeah president of the united states right i mean they, they say that donald trump he he, he can't he can't string together a sentence. The guy's a moron. Well, okay. I don't happen to agree with you, but I can see how you're saying that. Uh, can you at least see how we're saying the guy is deteriorating mm. quickly? He's mm. becoming senile quickly. Can you not see that? At least recognize reality. Exactly. Yeah. Can you? You always know his tell is when he goes, okay, look. <laughs> That's when he's he off. He's lost it at that point. Okay, yeah. look. And he puts the hands out there. Yeah. That's when he's he, like, does, he wants look, to put look, his look, hands look, on you. Look. Yeah. yeah, look. What I'm trying to say is I wish I could sniff your hair. Okay, look. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Actually, I think one of my favorites is when he says, look, I'm not, I've, I've talked too much about that. All right, I'm going to get into something else. And he's, in fact, just started yeah. <laughs> the idea of it all. But what do you, Glenn, what do you think? Barack Obama, he waited so long to endorse his former vice president that he picked to be the one person to be in charge of the country should anything happen Because to Barack him. Obama knows he's a loser. Yeah. Well, I because know, Because he but- knows there's no way he was going to win. So why endorse him? Endorse him when I absolutely have to. So why not? So did he just have to do that before the convention? Because my thought is like, well, why, why do it now if you know that the Democrats are going to try to replace him? Yeah, I think... I think if he's the nominee, you gotta go. You've you've got to endorse. I yeah. mean, if you're Barack Obama, you have to. Chad, even though Joe said not to, he be- Joe yeah, begged true. him not to endorse me. That's true. That was really rude of Obama, actually. If you think about it, it was yeah. it was kind of bad. It really was. Uh, this thing, I I think that the three of us are people of conviction, right? We've we've gone out on limbs. We've gotten. We've gotten our share of crud for it. I mean, some more than others. I won't point to the the big guy there. But listen, we've (laughs) caught our crap for our convictions. I would hate to think that I would become so spineless as to pull what Barack Obama just did by finally coming out when there was literally no one else. The man can't be allowed to look wrong or to look like a failure. And he knew in this case he had to wait and he had to endorse him. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. I know I love when Andrea Mitchell called his endorsement like the biggest moment of the 2020. Jesus, Lord have mercy. All right, Friday's poll. Who has been the most dishonest about COVID-19? China. Jaina won Jaina. this one. Jaina. 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 51.5%. Jaina. 
followed closely by the media. Not closely enough, I think, though. 37.7%. Uh, the World Health Organization coming in at 8%. And President Trump at 2.5%. Today's poll, what is the craziest thing Joe Biden has said on the 2020 campaign trail? All right, here are your options. Look fat, dog-faced pony soldier, the corn pop story, or the kids with the leg hair comment. Boy, that's yes. a hard one right I cannot there. decide. I, I, I cannot know. decide. We need an all of the I above. saw the first one, and uh, I'm like, look, fat, dog-faced pony soldier. I thought that one was bad. Then I went, oh, the corn pop story. Oh, my gosh. And the kids and the hair and the leg. <laughs> yeah. kind of, oh, my gosh. I can't decide. I think it would have to be the stories just because one, the others were in the spur of the moment. He called them that. But, you know, brain fart, if you will. But that... When he carries the story on for three minutes like, with deep description. Oh, please stop. It's Just very cringe. Stop. So but you're again, going for corn, corn pop? Video. But yeah, the corn pop. But which, which was an older video. It wasn't a campaign video yeah. in that regard. So it's a little bit misleading there. But yeah. By the way, don't forget to pick up Glenn's new book, Arguing with yeah. Socialists. Yeah. I know yeah. you can't go to the yes. bookstore, but there are plenty book, of yeah. online places. Get it at Amazon, wherever you get your books. Arguing with Socialists, you. you have got to get it. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.